This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. I've got a promise for you. I promise you that today, before this show ends, we're going to pray together. We're going to trust God together. Now you say, well, I know, Pastor, you you do that every day. You pray with us. That's because we're building this year the habit of prayer in our life. But right now we're talking about how growth, all right, how you and I can spiritually grow through memories and the promises of God and remembering the promises that God has for us. See, one of the things that's really important if you and I want to grow spiritually is to know the promises of God that he has made and he has kept with his people. Because as you and I remember how God keeps his promises, we'll say, you know, God, I I gave to you this week, and I know that when I give, you're going to take care of me. God, I I prayed this week, and I know that when I pray, you hear me and you answer. Because, see, you begin to get into the groove of this relationship with God. It's not a religious thing to give. It's not a religious thing to pray. It's a relationship. The same reason you tell someone you love them, it's to cultivate that relationship. Today, we're going to talk about the promises made and kept and how the role of the Holy Spirit to remind us, okay, and to to work in our life to help us follow the cross of Jesus Christ and experience grace. I hope that you'll listen and, and get to the Word of God and how it gives us conviction, grace, and ultimately discipleship through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is why we want to write our own biography. Because we, 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 we want to keep it from, you know, I don't want people to know I did that. I thought that. I behaved that way. That's not the way God has treated us. Because God wants it, wants it to be honest. He wants us to, to know that He loves us despite our flaws. Because God accepts His people to make mistakes, but He expects them to turn it around with His strength, with His help, with His provision. He does not want us to remain in that broken way. So He shows us the brokenness of our, of our ancestors, of our family, of our friends, and He shows us their brokenness. Why? So we can learn from their mistakes. Every parent looks at their child and says, please, please, don't do what I did. Why? Because we don't want you to go through the pain, the suffering, the anguish. We love you, and we know it wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, it says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Now, what's interesting about the word there that's translated, okay, remember, is a different word to remember, and it says, mark it down. Mention it. So God, God wants us to be vocal about it. That's why I'm telling you. The twin to remember is declare. I need you to, to not only know it, but I need you to speak it out of your mouth. Get it out of you, what God has done. Get it out. And it'll, you know, the, the moment you say aloud, God, I just thank you that you've delivered me. The moment you say that, it locks it into you, doesn't it? It changes your perspective. God, I just want you to know, I'm I'm glad you're my friend. I don't know why you're my friend. 
I've done a lot of things that would make you not want to be my friend, God, but you are. Your word says that I'm your friend. I, I, you've forgiven me. I thank you that you're my friend. See, that's all locking it in. Okay, back to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Talking about the people of Israel and their, and their redemption, their, their freedom from slavery. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Now, now why is that important? What God is saying, I want you to remember you were in slavery. You wanted out of it. But you did not have the strength to set yourself free, did you? But I showed up because I'm faithful and I'm loving and I'm kind. I'm that merciful God. That's what David was repeating over his own life. He, he's after the deliverance and he's like, well, God, if you delivered all of our ancestors from Egypt, you can deliver me from the Philistines. You can deliver me from the situation. See, David understood this. See, when you and I remember God's power to deliver, it, it locks something in inside of us. But look, look at that verse. Look at, look at how it says that it was God's outstretched arm. And he says, observe the Sabbath. Why, why does God say that? He says, I want you to take one day out of seven. You can have six, but on the seventh day, at least stop and acknowledge that you aren't all that. At least take one day out of the week and remember, I'm the one that gave you the strength and the breath and the life and the creativity. Why do you and I, why do we sit around the table and we pray before we receive the food? Because we're trying to lock in our heart that God gave us the food. You say, well, I worked awful hard for it. He did too. Did you cause the, the earth to produce fruit without his help? I think not. See, you and I, we, if we don't remember, we'll begin to become arrogant, prideful, self-centered, and believing that we're the one. Listen, when I look at an apple that grew on a tree, and, and it's healthy for me to eat, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. God, only you could have done that because I know my gardening skills. See what I'm saying? If you didn't have Kroger, Meyer, Walmart, I don't care which store you go to. If you didn't have them, how many of us would be hungry? Now, I'm not telling you to worship Kroger. I'm telling you to worship God. Take one day a week. Now, does this, does this mean that we have to observe the law? I didn't say observe the law. I said Pump your brakes a little bit. You're, you're on a fast track of life. And, and, and the world around us tells us every day that, that you, can, you control your destiny. Really? Not if he says so. Let him change the direction of your life. And see, when you and I remember, we're saying, God, I trust you. I trust you. I'm not relying on myself. And see, that's why memory is important. And if you want to grow... You, the, moment, when the moment you remember, you, you plug in access to the power of God to provide you. But when you ignore God, now you're reliant on human effort alone and the, and the kingdom of this world. And what did Jesus say? 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The moment you and I remember, we bring access of God's kingdom into our life and it begins to flow out through us and into other people. This is why we need to remember. We need to remember well. Remember how God has delivered us. Remember, remember your parents? They, they would say to you, do not touch that stove. It's hot. And you listen to them until one day you didn't listen to them and you just touched it once and you never needed to re- repeat that again, did you? See, this is the, this is the, this is the, the, the danger you and I live in is, is, is the choice to... Other people can give you perfect advice based on their experience and you ignore them. And that's what the Word of God is. The Word of God is perfect advice built on human experience, yet sometimes we ignore it. And we end up getting burnt. And God invites us to remember. Look at this, Numbers 14. People of Israel are in the desert, and they start complaining to Moses. That night, at the, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? They were making bricks, people. They were slaves. And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. I think that's hilarious because it's me. I sometimes, God, I I misremember the past. Sometimes I remember slavery is wrong. I remember it as, 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 as though it was good. I mean, at times the people of Israel said, you know, back in Egypt we had fish. You also had no freedom. And see, that's what we do. We lie to ourselves about the past. We misremember it. And we have to be careful. If we don't cultivate a healthy memory of reality in life, we are doomed to repeat the past. We will go back into slavery. It will harm us. It will not be good. I watch people all the time and they they miss this. I, I read this passage and I'm like, how on earth... Could you not want to follow Moses? I mean, the dude split the Red Sea. He he saw God face to face. He kind of glowed when he got done. And yet, we quickly forget the powerful presence of God among us. And see, sometimes you and I, you know, we've got to be honest. We've got to be honest about how we have forgotten Listen, if, if you and I, if we want to weather the storms of life, you know what I'm talking about? You know, when, the, when that wind blows through and it causes you to be afraid and anxious and you just, you kind of feel it kind of in the general community at large. What do you do? How do you steady yourself when you feel that, that come through? The scripture says to remember. It says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. 
It says that David, he, he went out to battle with his men. He came home. And when they got home, the whole city was decimated. Their, their, their wives and children were taken away. His own men wanted to destroy him. It's similar to the moment that Moses is having here. Every turn, it's similar to the moment when you say, all right, let's get up and go to church. And everybody says, oh, no, we don't want to go today, right? No, we're going. We're going. Why are we going? Because we've got to remember what God has done in our life. There's, a, there's this collective memory and there's individual memory. And this is what David does. David, it says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, what does that mean? It means David began to say, Lord, you know, I remember when I was a boy and I was out there in the field and that bear showed up. You helped me with that. And that day the lion showed up. Oh man, that was amazing. God, I was just a, I was just a young man. There's no way I could take on a lion alone. Normally we do that as a, as a team, but, but you showed up and you were my teammate, God. Oh, I thank you for that. And I remember the day, I remember the day when I went down to the camp with my brother's lunch that daddy sent me down there with, and, and, and I saw Goliath Beller, and I saw in him that same anger, that's that same, that same attempt to make me afraid that the lion and the bear did. And I said, No way, I will not be afraid because you are with me. You are a good God, and you saved me from the lion and the bear, and you will save me today from Goliath. And God, I took him down, but I know it wasn't me. I couldn't do that alone. There was something supernatural that took place that day when I released that sling and that stone went across that valley and took him out. And God, I need that same supernatural power right now. I don't know how, but this is what I know. I'm not reliant on David alone. I'm not reliant on Doyle alone. You are not reliant on yourself. You're relying on the Lord of creation, the one who flung the stars into place, the one that knit you together in your mother's womb, the one that has always said, I have a plan for you, and today I got this. See, that's, that's the kingdom of God. And see, when, when you and I, when we take our memories lightly, when we begin to remember, you know, back before Jesus was in my life, it was so good. Uh-uh. You're about, you're about to go in the ditch. You're about to repeat the most negative, harmful part of your life. So you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. That's what it's about. You have to develop a, a, a healthy memory. We have to be honest. We have to have a change of thinking. We have to have a change in thinking. We have to believe that God's way is better than our way. That, that trusting Him is always more important than trusting in ourselves. I've got a great quote. Listen to this one. It says, God's Word is an amazing compilation of God's people and their successes and failures. It's an invitation to learn and grow. You can repeat their failures or learn and step over them. Grab a hold of the cross and leave your problems behind. Don't forget what the Lord has done. Pastor Doyle Jackson, well, isn't that amazing? <laughs> Listen, I know way too many people who say, well, you know, I read the Bible in the past. You're going to need it tomorrow. I can promise you. There's going to be a cold chill that runs through of fear and anxiety and worry and shame and guilt. And you need the promises of God to help you stand up against the negativity, the lies, and the, the horror that is this world. All right? 
And if you grab a hold of it, if you begin to, to know what God has promised, what God has done, and you remember that, it will, be, it will be strength and health and life to you. See, God has called you and I to be a promise-keeping people because He is a promise-keeping God. And the reason we remember His promises and we remember our promises made to Him Lord Jesus, I'm going to just surrender my life to you. I ask you to come in and transform me. I surrender to your leadership and your lordship from this day forward. I know you're going to take care of my sins and you'll provide. See, that's a promise I made to him, engaging the promise he made to me. And you did that too. See, we were we are meant to be promise-keeping, promise-keepers. Because God is a promise keeper. He pointed to the horizon. He said, listen, one day I'm going to show up and I'll die on a cross for you. And he did. His name is Jesus. And that's why we worship today. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, God talks about these promises. He said, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. God says, remember and keep this so that you can be blessed. Verse 2, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. See, God, God invites you and I to remember him, but then he knows you and I are going to live in a world of difficulty. And at times he's going to allow us, he's going to lead us. He's going to direct us in a way that puts us in a spot where our only hope is to rely on the promises, to rely on him and trust him. And in that season, you and I are going to be tested. Remember God's promises in the times of testing. Remember God's promises in the, in the times of difficulty. Remember what God has done, and it'll give you strength. It'll give you, it'll give you hope. It'll give you life. It's dangerous to try to live and, and not know the promises that God has made for you. Because what will happen is you'll begin to go only on your own, own strength and your own ideas, and God wants us to remember Him. When Jesus was with his disciples, he said, listen, guys, I've got to go away from this. This is John chapter 14. He said, I've got to go away. He's, he's, he's telegraphing, I'm going to Jerusalem to die on a cross. And they're, they're like, oh, no, this is not a good idea. Things are going really well for us right now, Jesus. Please don't do that, right? And, and Thomas says, well, can we go with you? And he, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Read John chapter 14. It's this conversation, okay? Well, in the midst of that conversation, Jesus says, listen, if I go away, I'm going to give you someone that's going to help you in my place. And see, you and I, we, we, it's kind of like a kid when mom goes to town. She says, now listen, I got to, go to, I got to go to town for a little bit. You're going to be fine. You are perfectly fine right here. Do not kill the cat, the dog, or your, your siblings, Okay. I left some food on the counter. There's cookies there and there's milk in the fridge. You can take care of yourself for two hours. And I don't want to hear from you. And I don't want you to destroy the house, right? Well, this is what Jesus is saying. I trust you. You can do this. And I'm going to give you exactly what you need until I return. 
And what does he say that is? He says it's the Holy Spirit as our helper. Now listen how he describes that in John 14. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So we have a memory helper in the Holy Spirit. See, John, John believed this was so significant. He, when he wrote the Gospel of John, he said, listen, I cannot write down everything that Jesus has done. Not even attempt to. I'm just going to give you highlights that, 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 you, that you need. But the Holy Spirit is going to make up the difference. He's going to remind you of all this. And see, when you and I welcome the Holy Spirit, we're saying, God, are there things about your nature who you are? Are there things in your word? Are there things in my experience? Are there things in the collective experience of the, of the body of believers that I need to go through this season, through this experience, through this time? And the moment you and I stop listening to all the noise of this world and we just get quiet, we welcome the Holy Spirit to do that. And what John says is the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. He'll be your helper. He'll prompt you. Have you ever invited the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of holiness, to help you? I know a lot of Christians that they've never said, you know, Father, Jesus said that you had a gift in the Holy Spirit. Would you give it to me? Would you, would you welcome the Spirit of holiness? See, the moment I call it the Spirit of holiness, we get a little nervous, don't we? But that's what it, the, the, the Holy Spirit and Spirit of holiness are the same in the original language. When you welcome the Holy Spirit, you're welcoming the Spirit of holiness to direct you, the presence of God to direct you. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is about to leave the disciples and he mentions the Holy Spirit again here. He's, in, he's inviting us to welcome the Holy Spirit in this remembering process. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power. Say power. Huh. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus indicates that there's, 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 there's a power that comes when the helper comes. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it gives you a power. It gives you an access. And Jesus earlier said that it has to do with remembering the things of God and the work of God. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to witness and to minister. He said, wherever you go now, the Holy Spirit is going to bring back to your remembrance the things that I've done, the promises of God in Scripture from the beginning of time, and, and you're going to be able to help other people understand the truth of Jesus the Messiah and the power of God to transform their life. And what's interesting to me about this is that the Holy Spirit is functioning in our life, but we don't always recognize it, okay? First of all, the Holy Spirit, it empowers us to witness, but the Holy Spirit, it comes into our life and he reminds us of our sin. This is the first interaction we experience with the Holy Spirit. You, you, you may have never been to church before. You, you may have never uh, really thought about God much. But somehow inside, the Holy Spirit shows up. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? 
Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to your next step on all major podcasting platforms. Now is a great time for us just to stop and pray. You know, we've been thinking about God and His Word. You ever think about praying for church attendance? Let's pray that the church would grow. Let's pray for church attendance today. Lord, we we thank you that when you spoke to Peter and the disciples, you said that you would build your church on the principle that you are the Messiah and that the gates of hell would not prevail. And we thank you, Lord, for your church. We thank you that your church is meant to be a growing, vibrant group of people that are set apart and holy, pleasing to you, different from the world. And God, your church, we have to be honest, it's it's had a lot of pushback recently. It's had a lot of obstacles set up, and, and some of us have begun to believe that it might be optional. But your word says, your word says clearly that we're not to forsake gathering together, that we are not to somehow think it's unimportant to meet together. So we're praying today for your church, yes, to push back the gates of hell. We're praying for your church to preach the gospel. We're praying that when we when we go to church, we will worship you. We will worship you in spirit and truth, and we will read your word. But we're praying that the church would begin to grow in attendance. Lord, that we would see new believers baptized because that's what happens when you give your life to Jesus. We, we go through the waters of baptism. Lord, we pray that your church would be filled with the Holy Spirit and power to be witnesses because that's what we see in your word. Lord, we're praying that the church would become effective at, at caring for widows and orphans and those in need because that's what you said was righteous. That was right. That was just. Lord, we pray that your church would gather in their homes. We pray that they would invite their friends over, but that we would also meet publicly. We pray that we would meet in these these big spaces so that the whole community would know that your church is alive and vibrant and real and that we have the truth of Jesus Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name, bless your church. She's your bride and you love her. May we make ourselves ready for you today in Jesus' name. Thank you for praying with me. You know, as a pastor, as as your pastor, I want you to know one of the most powerful things you can do and I can do is pray together. And I'd like for you to begin to join me in prayer every day. And so we've created a free prayer guide, but you have to go to our website, yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and you can download the ebook. It's for you, but it's also to begin to grow in prayer. It's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. Go to yournextstepnow.com and give us your email address and get your prayer guide today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. 
And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.